It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Here we go, Las Vegas, at 12 noon Pacific time. It is Monday, March 27th, 2023, and this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hello again, everybody. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless here. Thanks for joining us, not only on Fox Sports Las Vegas, but all across the Vegas Golden Knight streams. Gary, how are you today? I'm fantastic, Dan. Yesterday was a little, uh, yeah, well, let's take the listener into a day <laughs> in the life. We, uh, the game ended, uh, the game started late Edmonton time. Yeah, 8 o'clock hockey night. Yeah. yeah, and so by the time, what time did we take off? Around midnight Edmonton time? Gosher's the guy who tracks all this. Yeah, so but so, you know, yeah. anyways, we landed around uh 2.30, 2.45. Well, when you're coming back from Canada, you got to go through customs. Yeah. So norm- normally we fly into the private strip and our cars, we're quite spoiled. Yes. The cars are there. We walk out to the cars and you're home in 20 minutes. This time we had to clear clear customs. Yeah, it takes like an hour. Then get our bags. Then, yeah. the, then there's a van shuttle. shuttle that takes us over to our parking lot. Then you get in the car and you drive home. So I, I don't know. I got to bed 3.45-ish. Gosher couldn't fall asleep. He told me. Yeah, he I can't get, fall asleep. Either. He didn't get to sleep till four thirty. Yeah, but, that's about the same. Yeah, thing, but you yeah. Got, and then but but you guys don't have a daughter. That's so. true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I was up at seven thirty. Right, you got it. Uh, and uh, uh, and I had some fun. I wrote a column that uh, yeah. that we posted on uh, on uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, social media streams and uh, and the website so oh, just for the record i woke up at eight and looked at the clock and said i'm going back yeah, to good sleep. for you yes <laughs> so uh, what was the column about uh, the column is about how uh, that flight home that was a huge win in edmonton yeah it, it, it's against it's the seventh win in a row on the road it's the last game of a road trip the team won it in vancouver won in calgary and then Edmonton is chasing the Golden Knights in the Pacific Division, and it's in their building. Connor McDavid had hit 60 the night before. They're feeling really good about themselves, and this is a chance to to kick the Golden Knights, to kick the legs out from underneath the Golden Knights in the in the regular season standings. And Vegas, uh, you know, uh, won the game and won in overtime, which uh, you know, to me, well, the last time Vegas played. Uh, in Edmonton and went to overtime. The Connor McDavid show came out, uh, and it was you know he scored a tremendous goal, and it's it, it was disappointing for the team. It was also an opportunity for the Golden Knights to show the Oilers that the last two times they played them, the first time uh, you know Vegas was going through a rough spot, the second time was right after Mark Stone um, had been you know was injured and. And we all found out that he was, you know, going to have surgery again. That was the first game that he missed. So yeah. The first meeting, Gary, was back on November 19th. That was the McDavid overtime goal yes. in Edmonton. And then the second meeting, which was in Vegas, that was January 14th. Edmonton wins in regulation 4-3. to three. That was the first game that Mark Stone did not play after um, yeah. he got taken out early in the previous game. And the Golden Knights were not themselves that night. So this, so this, this game in Edmonton, to me, was a chance to... To show the Oilers, this is this is the team that has been the best team in the NHL since the All Star break. This, if you see us in the playoffs, this is what you're going up against. It's a chance to to show them that, and it was also Loren Bressois' first game since he had returned from uh, from a small injury. You got something to say? Yeah, well, just to your point, to build on the the 
Pacific playoff teams. Yeah. We mentioned this on the broadcast the other day, but I'll repeat it. So Pacific playoff teams, uh, we're talking the Kings, the Oilers, the Kraken. Those are the three teams beside Vegas. Knights, yeah. Right, beside the Knights yeah. uh, from the Pacific, currently in a playoff spot. Vegas, against those current Pacific playoff teams, they won the first two of them. Yeah. Against the Kings, game one. Against the Kraken in game three. Back in October, so they win the first two. Since then, they had gone 0-4-1 against those three teams. This was the first win against a Pacific playoff team for the Knights since the third game of the season against the Kraken. Especially significant because five of the final ten games are against Pacific playoff teams. Two against the Oilers. They won the first one. Another one coming up tomorrow. One against the Kings on April 6th and then two against the Kraken to close out yeah. the regular season. So you have, if you add up all, all of that, that is a total of seven games previously against Pacific playoff teams in the span of 72 games, and then five out of the final ten. So it's a big deal, and as you just outlined, Gary, getting a win against a team to show them what they might be up yeah. against, that yeah. the Knights are, in fact, the Pacific Division and Western Conference leaders. It's also... Uh, you know, there is great value right now in winning the Pacific and winning the Western Conference because uh, the wild card two team it potentially is is going to be the one team that doesn't really belong with the rest of the the uh, the rest of the group. And but the the teams two and three in the Pacific, the top three teams in the Pacific, Vegas, L.A., and Edmonton. Two of those teams are going to play each other in the first round. Right now it would be L.A. against Edmonton. Yeah, that's going to be a war. That's going to go long, and it's going to take its toll. And, it, you know, listen, you got to beat everybody, and I don't believe in this, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs complaining that they have to play Tampa for the 800th time in a <laughs> row in the first round and, and get knocked out. Too bad. You want to be the Stanley Cup champion. You, you know, you got to you got to knock the Tampa Bay Lightning off. Yeah, the Blue and, Jackets did it a yeah, few years ago. Exactly. So, anyways, <laughs> it, it, but listen, it, you do what you can to give yourself plausibly the easier route. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, listen, if Vegas plays Winnipeg in the first round and Connor Hellebuck gets hot, not not be anything easy about that. The Jets are struggling right now. Yeah. Anyways, we got on the plane, and and even when we got on the bus. Like, the broadcasters, we're not part of the team per se, but we're part of the organization, and we're around all the time, and we, uh, without knowing it, we feel a lot like the players situationally. And we got on the plane, it was just like a regular win. I got on the bus, and it was just like a regular win amongst the broadcasters. There was no, you know, no, there was no popping corks or anything <laughs> like that. And then we got on the bus. I missed the, all the pop corking through the years. Yes. Then we got on the plane. Same thing. You know, the players, it was lots of guys tried to go to sleep. Lots of guys watched something on their iPad. And the, the card game that has been going since the season started continued. Uh, they were playing cards just like they always do. And it just it just struck me that this team now expects to win. They, they winning isn't uh, a big surprise to them or a cause for they don't get too high and they don't get too low, but they expect to win. Bruce Cassidy has instilled in them a 
It's re- it's really interesting to go back over what Bruce says has said at certain points in in time in the season, and after the All Star break, he simply said it's winning time. Now is the time you have to win. You, you do good things earlier in the season to get yourself to this position. Now you got to take advantage of it, and boy, have they ever won one. They have seventeen won. three and two. Yes, since the All Star break, yeah. that's the mm-hmm. best team in hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Kings are second best. By yes, the way. yeah. Best record in hockey. Best mark. The Boston Bruins will tell me that they are the best team in hockey, and I won't argue with them. They have earned that right to this point. They've just set a franchise record for wins. They have long since clinched a playoff spot. Also since then, Hurricanes have clinched, Devils have clinched, and the Golden Knights and the Toronto Maple Leafs are on the precipice of clinching as well. A little little tidbit here. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, he's addressing the media right now. And he has said that he doesn't expect Riley Smith or Logan Thompson to be available this week. He'll know more once they get back on the ice, which is that's kind of what uh, what he always. Yeah, so I, always I wanted says. to go to that next. Yeah. So yeah, so, so sorry, Dan. Last last game, yeah. of course, the Knights were without Riley Smith for the first time all season. He hadn't missed any games yeah. since the end of last year when he missed significant time. He had played the first couple of periods. The previous game against Calgary took one shift in the third, then did not play through it. And, you know, it was hard to tell. You know, Bruce Cassidy talking about it, you know, didn't want to say too much, of course, because they don't know. But then, you know, Riley, he did say that Riley tried to play through it and could not. That's that third period shift. So Logan Thompson, of course, then left the game with about six minutes and change to go in Calgary. Jonathan Quick comes on, holds the fort. So those two players left mid-game in Calgary. And ultimately, we find out that they had traveled back to Las Vegas for testing, as Bruce told us on the pregame show yesterday. So the information that you're reporting that Bruce has just relayed to the media, they did not participate in practice today mm-hmm. and not available at this time. Yeah. So just we'll go back to the column. We'll close that up before we get on to other good stuff. So they, Cassidy has, has asked them to play a certain way. And they have bought into that. And what that has done is, by winning games since the All-Star break, playing that way, the they've grown belief in themselves. And they so they this this team does expect to win. This team believes it's it is a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. I agree with them. And they they act like that now. And they their their play has become predictable. It, we, you watch them play. They start well. They've gotten way better in terms of their puck management, and they get they get they get out to early leads, and they figured out how to play with them and and win with them. Uh, so, what that all adds up to is we know what the Golden Knights are now, and we know we know, you know, we know that they are one of the best teams in the Western Conference. What that means in the playoffs is an unknown, but. It's you got to feel good having that that formula in your back pocket and knowing. You know, listen, if we use if we if we follow the formula, if, you know, if we stick that that card into the ATM and put the right numbers in, we're going to get money out. That sounds great. <laughs> and I think to underscore your point, Gary, they know what kind of a team they are, and that is not necessarily the same thing as what the lineup will be. Yes. In other words, great example, and I think Darren Millard was instrumental in digging this up, that for the first time ever, a team had won four consecutive games 
with four different goaltenders. Yeah. That had never happened before yeah. in NHL history. We're not talking Golden Knights history. We're talking NHL history. Over 100 years of this, no team had ever won four consecutive games with four different goaltenders. And by the way, they have five different goaltenders with at least a win just in the last month or so. And that, of course, most recently was Lauren Brossois in Edmonton the other day. He's now 2-0-2. Jonathan Quick, though he did not earn the win in that game in Calgary, he did come on in relief of Logan Thompson, who was injured in that game. Logan had just come back from missing time with an injury himself. So we'll talk about some of the, the personnel as it exists but that is the, the big picture, Gary, of this team has figured out a way to win, even with different pieces in different spots. Well, so those goalies, here's why the team has won four straight with four different goalies. The team is sixth in the NHL in 5v5 high danger chances against. The team is third in the NHL in all situations high danger chances against. So Vegas has become one of the very best teams in the NHL at limiting high-danger opportunities for the opposition. So when you play Vegas, you're going to get three, four, five high-danger chances over the night. And the goalie's job is stop all of the non-high-danger chances, right? So everything from the outside that you're supposed to stop, stop those. And then if you stop most of the high-danger chances, let two in, for example, you know, go go 50-50 if there's four high-danger chances against in the game, well, then the team wins. Because when the team allows two or less, I think they got one loss all year. Like, they're fantastic when they allow two goals or less. And that's, that's, that's Bruce Cassidy's, that's his mantra. Let's, let's not rely on the goalie. Let's rely on the other five guys on the ice and make the goalie the last line of defense. And the, the, the team has done a really good job uh, following that. They're getting offense from a lot of different people. The ice time, Dan, and, and I, I love this stat because this reminds me of year one. Gerard Gallant in year one, the difference between William Carlson, who was the number one forward in ice time, and Cody Eakin, who was the seventh forward in ice time, was under three minutes. It was about two and a half minutes. And all six defensemen, the regulars that they used, they all averaged over 18 minutes a night. So no one was playing 30 minutes. Well, right now, since the since the All-Star break, this has been uh, – it's been really balanced, and the difference in time on ice from the first forward to the 12th forward, that's all 12 forwards. The difference from 1 to 12 is 5 minutes. So that tells you, like, if Carlson is playing or Eichel is playing 21, Bluger and Colasar and Howden are playing 16. That's that's fantastic balance in today's NHL. And on the blue line, the difference from the number one D to the number six D is five minutes. And that, that balance, the the first one, is the, amongst the forwards is that's the number one. That's the smallest gap amongst all teams in the NHL that are currently in the playoffs. And the the defense one is second in the NHL amongst all teams in the playoffs. So 
you got a team here. You don't have two players up front and one stud on the blue line and then a bunch of people filling in. You got a team that plays the same way and together, and that's why the results are so good. And I'll add one more addendum to that evaluation, Gary. That's so interesting that part of that balance is um, can exist because of how few penalties the Knights take. Yes. Fewest times shorthanded. Now, they don't get a lot of power plays, so there is a lot of five-on-five, meaning that there's not a lot of special teams who play special teams, a certain group of players. But when you don't have a lot of that, most of games for the Knights are five-on-five that the coaches can really distribute those minutes in the way that they think is most effective. So the the other side of the coin is is that Vegas is last in power play opportunities as well, right? Right, yeah, and that's it. It's it's both. They are shorthanded. Few, fewest, and also they don't get a lot of power. Plays. So, and when you get to the playoffs, the 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 series supervisor, it'll be Don Van Massenholmen, probably for the Golden Knights in the first round. What he'll tell the referees, they'll have a meeting before every game, and he'll tell the referees two things: make sure it's a penalty against the Golden Knights because they don't take penalties, and then he'll say, and when when Look for fouls because the Golden Knights don't go down. When you put your stick on William Carlson, he he doesn't dive. He works through it. That that's the, that's the type of the, the referees should love this team. They don't flop, they don't dive, and they don't hook. They check with their feet. And the opposite was on display against the Oilers the other day. Who, by the way, yes, they have double the number of power play goals than the Knights have, but they also have a lot more power plays. They're shorthanded a ton, and you could see just the Yamamoto penalty, for example, yeah, yeah. and that that's not something that you see a Golden Knight do. Anyhow, we've got to get to a break. First, let us tell you about the Dollar Loan Center, home of the Henderson Silver Knights, the Vegas Nighthawks, and the NBA G League Ignite. The Dollar Loan Center at Henderson is the place to be. Don't miss any of the action. Grab your tickets now. And to get more information about upcoming events, seating charts, arena policies, and much more, visit thedollarloancenter.com, thedollarloancenter.com. You're listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 1221 here in the Valley. It is Monday, March 27th. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless here. We'd like to tell you about the spectacular Hotel Californian in Santa Barbara, California. It's a crown jewel in the Foley Entertainment Group. Located right by the ocean, experience oceanside views in one of 121 luxury guest rooms and suites. Taste the region's finest wine. Oh, yeah, it got me hooked right there. Over at the Society State and Mason Tasting Room, and treat yourself to an unparalleled massage at Majorelle. That's where Gary likes to go. No, oh, I, <laughs> I, I've been to Hotel California and stayed there. And you haven't been to Majorelle, the massage spot? No. No, okay. I, I, well, next time, though. Finish the read, and then I'll tell you what I like. Okay. It's all in the heart of the American Riviera. Designed for domestic and international guests alike, Hotel Californian is the perfect destination for any traveler. Seeking a one-of-a-kind luxury experience, visit HotelCalifornian.com, HotelCalifornian.com, to book your next stay. Where do you like to go? The tasting room. 
Good taste. I went there, and uh, first of all, my room was, I got to say it, it was palatial. Palatial? It was beautiful. It is a great spot. Yeah, it's a really great spot. And then uh, the folks in the tasting room, uh, I tried everything twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Did you bring uh, any samples back for the rest of the crew? No. No. All right. Next time. Next time. All right. On we go with an update on our uh, programming here. Nicholas Watt is expected to join us here in Studio 31 later in the show. The Golden Knights have wrapped up practice. So uh, by the time we get Nick all set, we should should see Nick in maybe 10, 15 minutes. So stand by for Nicholas Watt, who, of course, returned to the lineup after missing a month, has goals in both games, and scores the overtime winner against the Oilers last time out. He was fantastic in both games, and, and a different kind of fantastic. We've seen Nick be really good. He he was dominant, and I, I, when he comes up here, I want to talk to him about it. Like there, I think he's gone through another another level, and you know, and it, you know, we see we see it with we've seen it with Chandler Stevenson. I was driving in today and was listening to something on uh, the NHL uh, Sirius Network, and they were talking about Valerie Nichushkin mm. and how he went from like zero goals and how many games in Dallas, and then. You know, was going to go back to Russia, ends up going to Colorado and has exploded into one of the top power forwards in the NHL. Nick Waugh might be going into a completely different stratosphere here right now, and, and I don't know if it's something that clicked mentally in terms of confidence from watching the game above during the six weeks he missed or something that him and Misha Donskov un- uncovered in their in their rehab skates. Uh, I'm really fascinated to talk to Nick about all of this. Yeah, we talked to Nick on the pregame show right when he came back. That was yeah. against Calgary and recognized he had never missed that kind of time. It was 30 days. Maybe he had missed a few games, maybe a week or so, but never in his career, even going back to his time with the Carolina Hurricanes organization, had never missed that kind of time. He likes to watch hockey. He says he'll watch games like six days a week, you know, considering when the Knights are playing as well. Uh, he likes to watch the game. So watching the Golden Knights, that he had not had the opportunity. And just the the work with Misha, coming up upon this point in his career, Nick turned 26 in February. And we remember, Gary, that, that year, the 56-game season, where, you know, he didn't have a great start, then he finished great, scores the overtime goal, game four against Montreal, that was his first playoff overtime goal. This was his first regular season overtime goal the other day. Let me ask you this. We knew that he was really good in the shootout. Yeah. So you know this guy's got hands. Has there been some, as he crossed over in some area where he's figured out, oh, I don't have to just use those silky mitts or whatever you want to call them, in shootout situation, I can do it in five on five or five on four or whatever. I, you know, in regular hockey, not just in the shootout, because the goal in overtime was like this. You know, the stick handling was par excellence, and the goal in Calgary takes a you know Stevenson pops it off the wall to Kessel. Beautiful feed from Phil, but then. Nick Waugh, it's the Nick Waugh show to finish and beat Markstrom. And I, I, I'm, 
I'm really curious where this can go. We'll ask him about that. Nick, again, is expected to join us here in a little bit. So, again, updating the news of the day, Riley Smith and Logan Thompson injured in Calgary. They did not uh, travel with the team to Edmonton. They came back here. They did not practice today. Bruce Cassidy, uh, again, telling the media today that they're not expecting them on the ice uh, this week to be available and uh, that we won't really know a timetable until they get on the ice. But they're not expected to be on the ice or to be available uh, this week. That's uh, Riley Smith and Logan Thompson who were injured the game in Calgary. But at that same time, we mentioned Nick Watt coming back into the lineup, Lauren Brossois coming back into the lineup. But there's another player, Gary, who has been impactful, who was up from the American League, played three games back in December. But since he's come back up now, Pavel Dorofiev and what he has accomplished and now what is 10 games, seven since the most recent call-up, and he scores a power play goal set up by Phil Kessel last game. I mean, he has been a huge delight to watch. How have you seen Pavel Dorofiev impact this lineup? Five goals in seven games right off the bat, and he's been really good on the power play, mixing with Phil Kessel. And I do want to talk a bit about Phil after we talk about Pavel. I just think that he's a guy that uh, had skill and needed the opportunity to adjust to the North American game and learn to play this style in the American League. And then Bruce Cassidy made the decision not to put him down at the bottom of the lineup with some players that might not help him as much offensively as others would. And he put him up with Riley Smith and William Carlson and... Dorofiev has, has he's flourished. He's thrived with with those players. And then they moved, you know, Smith obviously got injured, so they moved Mike Amadio up. So the line the lineup the other night was Dorofiev, Carlson, and Amadio. And that line was really good as well. Excuse me. Yeah, and Amadio had scored a goal previous game, which set a new career high with 12. And Bruce Cassidy has talked about when Mike has been down in the lineup or up in the lineup, in neither case does he consider it a promotion or a demotion. He trusts Mike Amadio in either of those spots. Carlson is playing some of the best hockey we've ever seen him play. Yeah. Uh, you know, people will go, well, he scored 43 in year one. Well, I, I think that was an anomaly. There was a shooting percentage uh, that kind of skyrocketed. And, like, could William score 43 again in his career? Absolutely. Do I expect it to happen? What we're seeing right now, I think, is what you should expect from Carlson, he's going to have 40 assists yeah, when it's all said and done. The most assists that he's he's had in his career. Go back to year one, he had the 43 goals, but he had 35 assists, and he has that now. Well, how many goals does he have now, 13? Uh, 13, yeah. 13. So 20 is probably, like to me, what you'd, you'd like William Carlson to score 20 and have 40 assists, 60 points, and be one of the best two-way centermen in the National Hockey League. That's what you'd want from him all day long. Yeah, and by the way, he is under contract through 2027. Yeah, under a real good deal. So, and I don't see him, he's a great skater. It's not effort-based. He's got a beautiful stride, and he's, you know, he's very fit. I don't see William, I see him going at this pace for for quite a, quite, quite quite some time. So, I've I've really like that combination but Dorothy of what do I see or what do I like about him thanks very much Floyd 
uh, he goes to the net. He's around the net. And you hear pro scouts say this all the time about guys they love. They say he shoots to score. Seems logical. It but does. it is not it's as simple not. as it sounds. No. He shoots to score. And score he has to the tune of five goals. And each of the power play points that he has, two goals, one assist, each has been involved with Phil Kessel. Phil set up two of them. Pavel set up one for Phil. And I asked both Phil about Pavel, and I asked Pavel about Phil before the game in Edmonton the other day. And uh, Pavel, I asked, you know, what's it like playing with Pavel? Uh, Pavel, what's it like playing with Phil? And he said, it's amazing. He's the Iron Man. (laughs) I love that. And, you know, those guys that have a certain knack for scoring, you know, the Golden Knights have had some great all-around players. Then there are those who have a real offensive nose, and Pavel seems to have that, especially around the interior, which you might not have expected. We know what he's done before and had a great season, led the Silver Knights in goals and in points. And this year, now that he has gotten some traction, I mean, this is, um, I don't want to say it's a discovery because the Knights organization has known about Pavel Dorfee ever, otherwise he wouldn't be here. But I think for those of us who have seen other guys called up from the American League, there hasn't been a forward who's been quite as productive in this sample size as Pavel Dorfee has been to the degree that when other players have come back, like Nick Waugh, like Keegan Colasar, they did not take Pavel out of the lineup, whereas some other call-up guys might have been the first one to come out. No, Pavel stays in there, stays in that spot on that line, and he stays on the power play. It would be hard to take him off that power play right now. Or the or his line with Carlson, yeah. right? Right, yeah. You know, they're, they're producing, and and he has been effective defensively. You know, there was, a, there was one play the other night where I kind of thought, ah, you'd like to do that a little differently. But for the most part, he's really fit in. we got a break. Phil Kessel has shown of late he has another gear and he keeps telling us quietly in the dressing room i got a couple more gears he can't wait for the playoffs to arrive yeah he was our pregame show guest before the game as i mentioned a moment ago and um, i asked him what how would you assess your season he said mediocre yeah and then what does he do in the game extends his scoring streak to a career best four and you can see, and I asked him about Connor McDavid, and he started thinking about having played with Sidney Crosby. Ask him about playing meaningful games. He might have had more production in Arizona, but those teams were not going to the playoffs. Very different situation. Now all of a sudden he's part of a team that is on the precipice of clinching a spot, and he's playing some of his best hockey as a Golden Knight right now. Yeah, and this isn't a state secret. If Phil gets scratched in the playoffs, it doesn't interrupt his Ironman streak. The Ironman, the consecutive game streak is for regular season games. Which stands at 1,055, yeah. by so, the way. So if, if there was to be a situation where he wasn't playing well and there was someone else who could help the team more, Bruce Cassidy would have to make that move. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's a difficult, more difficult, let's just call it what it is. You're not doing that to fill in the regular season no. this year. Next year's another conversation altogether. But you're not doing that to him this year. But in the playoffs, when the team's trying to win a Stanley Cup, the the best 12 forwards play. And, of course, if he's playing in the playoffs like he's playing right now, yeah. he's not coming no, out. Exa- that's my point. Yeah. And, and and maybe. But, you know, if Mark Stone gets healthy, if Will Carrier gets healthy, uh, if Riley Smith gets healthy, there are going to be 
big th- those three guys are all going in. Yeah. So those th- there's decisions to be made down the stretch. And you, you've got to believe that Phil understands that. Exactly. So to show what he yeah. can do That's in these point. final dozen games or so. And like I said, he's got a four-game scoring streak, a season high for Phil. We do want to take a break. A reminder that we do have Nicholas Watt coming up in studio, so stand by for that. You're listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 12.38 in the Valley on this Monday, the 27th of March, 2023. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon. Vegas Nighthawks' second season is underway. Become a part of the Nighthawks family and don't miss out on the action. Go to nighthawksfootball.com to secure your seats for this season. Full season memberships start at just $15 per ticket per game over at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. Visit nighthawksfootball.com for more information. Again, nighthawksfootball.com. Welcome back to Studio 31 here at City National Arena in Summerlin. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless here talking Golden Knights hockey. Number one in the Pacific and the Western Conference. Single-digit games remaining. Nine left. Edmonton Oilers here tomorrow. Vegas coming off the victory in Edmonton. Knights uh, had lost the first two against the Oilers. One back in the fall. They lost in Edmonton in overtime, 4-3. to three. Home loss in regulation in January, 4-3. to three. Now they beat Edmonton on the road. Oilers, it's not a home-and-home home for them. They are playing in Arizona tonight. So the Knights here at home... Obviously traveled, rested yesterday, practiced today, game against the Oilers tomorrow. Edmonton, Gary, they had traveled down to Arizona. They're playing the Oilers tonight, and then we'll have Vegas on the road, the back end of back-to-backs for them. Yeah, you know, it, uh, Jay Woodcroft was talking about their schedule and being ready for, for these situations. It, it's Back-to-backs are harder on the Oilers, I would think, in the sense that they really rely on McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, a lot more than than any than most teams rely on one or two forwards. So uh, we'll see. You know, what I mean, if Arizona they, they can't drop those points, they're going to have to play. And Arizona's been playing teams tough, especially at home. So we'll see. Uh, it, you know, Jay Woodcroft would love to be up five nothing midway through the game and be able to uh, to tell Drysaddle and McDavid uh, get ready for tomorrow. Enjoy the ride, boys. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Enjoy the view. So that game is 7 o'clock Pacific tonight. Yeah. Arizona hosting Edmonton. The other one to keep an eye on today, Seattle at Minnesota. That game is at 5 o'clock Pacific time. So if you're settling in for your evening's take of hockey, those are the two games to watch, I think, when it relates to night's opponents. Uh, the Kraken, uh, who are currently in a wild card spot, trying to stay above the fray. And, of course, they could still catch the Oilers for third in the division. But how about Minnesota taking over number one in the Central Division ahead of Dallas and ahead of Colorado? Yeah, they've been cooking with gas for a while here and uh, doing it all without uh, Kaprizov. He's been injured, Kirill Kaprizov. He's been hurt. So uh, uh, they've got a two-headed monster going in net. They're using both Gustafson and Fleury. Uh, what are they? What are they? What is their streak right now? Uh, they must have lost one, but they had one uh, like eight or nine in a row. They were really, really, really going good. So uh, we'll see. It's interesting. You look at all those numbers. Look at where Vegas is with wins: forty-six, three more than L.A., five more than Edmonton, four more than Minnesota, three more than Colorado. You got to go to the eastern side to find teams that have more wins. 
than Vegas. And like you know, Colorado forty-seven, New Jersey forty-six, same as Vegas. The Rangers forty-three, and then uh, the Bruins at fifty-seven. They're Franchise all by them, record. all by themselves. So like really, like when I look at the, um, can you click on that so it shows the league standings? Because that's an interesting story as well. Yeah. You know, you hear everybody over there always talk. Thank you very much. Great work. You talk about it. Everyone's always talking. Oh, the East, the East, the East. Well, yeah, there's a bunch of really good teams in the East, but like right sandwiched right up in there is Vegas. And Vegas can easily catch New Jersey and finish uh, and be the third best team in the NHL. I think Carolina at five points ahead, that's probably going to be tough to to reach because Carolina's not going to slack off. They're going to keep keep winning. So uh, the, the Golden Knights are they are they they get no respect league wide. No one talks about them right now. When you watch NHL Network or, or listen to SiriusXM, there's very little chatter about the Vegas Golden Knights. There are clinching scenarios as yeah. it relates to today's action. Let me tell you about those quickly. Maple Leafs, who are not playing today, do clinch a spot if the Florida Panthers lose to Ottawa in any fashion. The New York Rangers also do not play today. However, they can clinch a berth if the Buffalo Sabres lose to the Canadians in any fashion, and the Florida Panthers lose to the Ottawa Senators in regulation. So the Leafs and the Rangers can clinch today, and depending on what happens today, the Knights could be on the precipice of clinching a spot as well, number one in the Western Conference, of course. And, Gary, unlike last year when from the All-Star break down the stretch the Knights faltered, this year it's been the exact opposite. Their greatest run of hockey has been since the All-Star break. How do you see that? I think Bruce Cassidy's a big part of that. And then I think uh, Kelly McCrimmon did what he needed to do at the trade deadline to, you know, he listen, imagine if McCrimmon hadn't acquired quick. Like Geary Patera was was a, a real good story, but uh, the, the, the hiccups have not extended into, you know, into valleys. They have been... Been okay, but they had the one losing streak right around, the, you know, just before the All Star break. Yeah, they couldn't score. They yeah. couldn't score. They were struggling there, and they've, they, and I actually think that was a really good thing for the team because I think the players at that point in time, the puck management was not very good at, at, leading up to that. And I think the players realized, okay, we got to change a little bit. We've got to adjust our game. They bought in, and they've been. Like you just you just don't see the turnovers in the neutral zone right now that you did earlier, and that's really helped the team. So McCrimmon, you know, he added quick, which has been a very important insurance policy. And then Barbashev and Bluger have really bolstered this team. Bluger has allowed uh, Cassie to move a lot of people around him on that fourth line. They've kept that identity, and Barbashev. He's been a real nice compliment to Jack Eichel. And there have been a number of things on the periphery, not the huge splash that the organization has executed to put the Knights in this position. It's not always the big splash. It's the devil in the details. Yes, real said. Nicholas Waugh will be joining us shortly. Stand by for Nick. We'll have him here in Studio 31. He missed a month. Back for two games. Goals in both of them, including the overtime winner in Edmonton a couple of days ago. Before we get to Nick, tell you about AFC Bournemouth. Attention, Golden Knights fans. We need your help in welcoming AFC Bournemouth to the Foley Entertainment Group, also known as the Cherries. AFC Bournemouth plays in the prestigious English Premier League, where they consistently take on some of the best football teams in the world. Football 
a.k.a. soccer, here on this side of the pond, I suppose. Show your support for the Cherries by catching their matches via stream on Peacock TV. Make sure to also visit the Arsenal at City National Arena to pick up some Born With merch, including jerseys, scarves, flags, mini soccer balls, and lapel pins. To learn more and be part of the club's exciting new era, make sure to visit afcb.co.uk. afcb.co.uk. Up the cherries. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Michael takes it off the right boards. Pressured on the near side. Sends it in front. Wah! All by himself. Stop! Rebound! He scores! Nicholas Wah! In overtime! Knights four! Oilers three! Dazzling puck handling in front for Nicholas Wah! Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon. That voice sounded familiar. And the guy who scored the goal, well, he is right here in studio with us. Nicholas Wah joining us. On nighttime at noon, Dan Duva, Gary Lawless, plus Nick in our final segment. Well, you just heard it, Nick. What did uh, what did you see though? What what happened on that final play of the game in Edmonton? Um, I knew they were kind of uh, exhausted. They had a extended shift there, so uh, we were fresh. Jack made a really nice play there down the board. Um, Kane went went on him too, so they tried a two man Jack, and he made a really nice play to me in. in in front of the net, on the net there, and it was nice to uh, to be everyone there. Did you think that you would have so much space and as much time as you ended up having? Um, when I when I I got the puck, I knew I had kind of a lot of time there because I knew uh, they went two guys on Jag, but I didn't think I could get my rebound. But that was uh, that was nice to get that for sure. Yeah, I was just watching when you look at the reverse angle, the camera behind the goal. And you just kind of sneak behind the goal, and everybody kind of goes away towards Jack, and then boom, you come right out in front. I mean, that that must be so exciting to sense. Like I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna get open here. I'm gonna have a chance before the puck even gets to you. Yeah, exactly. I was pretty excited when I saw, like I said, uh, two guys going on him. I knew I, I I was alone by myself, so I kind of screamed for it. I hope he, he see me, and and Jack uh, obviously got a really good vision, good player. So he, he saw me, and that was a really nice play from him. The goal of Calgary. It was a rebound as well, right? Shot it, Mark Sherman to save it, came right back to you? Yeah, exactly, same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, when it goes your way, it goes your way, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were, I, I've been, we've been fans of yours since you got here. Thought you have always been a really good player. But what we saw the last two games has been a cut above that. Is that just because you're fresh or something happened while you were injured? Did you see something? Did you think something? Is there a change in confidence? What's happening right now? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, being out, I could focus on my uh, my training, and and obviously uh, the medical staff did a really good good job with me, um, keeping me in shape, ready, um, scanning with me. I, I think it felt great. Um, but also watching the games, you especially from on top, like you don't really have. Um, I think you you see some different stuff there. Um, Sometimes guys have more more time than anything they do. Um, you see you see the game differently, so it definitely helps me uh, also for sure. It's easy, it's uh, we say I say this I try to say this once a broadcast I'll say something like you know uh, the player had more time than he knew he probably or he should have shot there and then I'll always say hey easy for me to say up here it looks easy upstairs doesn't it? It does yeah <laughs> to be honest some sometimes you're like oh this guy's open this guy's open but you know. 
uh, when you're playing, you don't see uh, um, you see the guys coming at you, and it's faster than that it looks from on top. So uh, yeah, it's it's different for sure. The best way for me to describe it is the players look like little ants in a big ocean, you know. And then while well, down there, when you're down close, it looks like a bunch of compact cars in one driveway. Like it's there's not a lot of room out there when you're when you're actually in it. But uh, so a positive thing to take from your injury was you were able to watch and maybe say to yourself, huh, maybe I can do a little more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sometimes you see a guy um, when you're down there, like I said, you, you think you don't have as much space as you do. When you're up there, you see, okay, maybe if he kept the puck there, uh, a different play could have opened for him. And um, No, it was it was a great experience. I've I've always been a fan, fan of the game. I always watch games at home, but watching from, from on top for, for a couple of games there, I think it definitely helps. Phil Kessel, pretty good passer. Yeah, he is a good passer. Um, he's been really good last, uh, well, for for a long time now. But uh, last two games have been fun playing with him for sure. Um, he's been grinding. He's been he's been in the mix and that front there. So um, really good on the forecheck as well. He's he's playing well. So he's who really? Who, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Gary, who, who's rubbing off on who now in a couple of games? Are you rubbing yeah. off on Phil or is Phil rubbing off on you? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I think a little bit of both. Um, it's nice to see uh, to see Phil. I think. Honestly, I, I always like to be in front and net front, and I think Phil Strina is still my spot in there. So <laughs> uh, it's nice to see. You haven't clinched yet, but you're very close. Describe the difference between the feeling with the group team right now this year versus this time last year when you were trying to get back in. Yeah, it's a different feeling. I think right now we're feeling really good about ourselves, especially since uh, the All Star. I think we. We've been playing amazing, um, and we know we know the playoffs are coming, so we're trying to build our game, um, trying to be uh, better as the years uh, as the game goes. So um, I think if you look back at last year, we had a lot of pressure at this time. We we needed to win, and obviously we we came up short a little bit. But um, no, I think it's uh, we're in a good situation right now. We only have about a minute or so left here, Nick. This is your fourth season with the Golden Knights. Came over before the 1920 wow. season. I mean, that, that bit just time flies, right? <laughs> You're 26 years old now. Happy belated birthday by about six or seven Thank weeks you. here. Um, where are you now? Like, we, we've seen steps. We were talking about that 56-game season. You hadn't started great, but then you had a great run, memorable goal in Montreal. It seems that, you know, there's – if it's maybe – you know, the song is one step up, two steps back. For you, it seems like there's three, four steps up maybe. Then you'll – three or four steps up. Where are you right now? Fourth year with the Knights, 26 years old. You know, you're not a kid anymore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all. Um, I guess I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm trying to take steps uh, the right direction. Um, I think, obviously, early on in my career, I try to play good defensively, I'd be trusted by the coaches. Um, I think now I'm past that. I'm trying to bring more offensive to my game. I've always had offensive, um, if you look at junior or uh, HL, so I'm, I'm trying to be more confident and, and bring some uh, offensive to the team. Whatever you did the last two games, just keep doing that, man. Thanks. That was Thanks fantastic. You were real it. good. Dominant. Sounds like a plan, Nick. Thanks very much for coming by. Thanks, Dan. That's Nick Watt joining us here on Nighttime at Noon. That'll just about wrap things up. Big thanks to Floyd, to Ryan, to Lindsay, Garrett, and our guest Nick Watt. Gary Lawless, Dan Duba here saying so long from Studio 31. Don't forget the Golden Knights Insider Show, 4 o'clock with Ryan and Darren. And then tomorrow, 7 o'clock, the Knights taking on the Oilers. Join Gary and me on the radio for the 
7 o'clock, play-by-play. Good afternoon, everybody. 